Allah Ta'ala at this juncture is telling us to fulfill the rights of family and relatives by remembering the name of Allah who we present for demanding our own rights. Fear the non-fulfillment, the usurpation and destruction of their rights. Ensure that you do not fall short in observing the due rights of the wife and children and of blood relatives. In this ayat, Allah Ta'ala, the end of this verse that we just recited, Allah Ta'ala says, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامِ Now this word, والأرحام, this is the word which is now being explained, that what is meant by والأرحام? Most people understand the connotation of arham to mean only one's parents, brothers and sisters, paternal and maternal grandparents, etc. In other words, one's own immediate family. So most people understand it only to mean this, excluding the wife's immediate family. This is why I am saying, this is why I am resorting to an explanation of this verse which has been given by Allama Alusi As-Sayyid Mahmoud Baghdadi in his commentary Ruhul Ma'ani. I'm also quoting the Arabic text so that the learned scholars can also appreciate and enjoy it. What is meant by Arham? Al-Muradu bil-Arhami al-Aqribau min jihatin nasab wa min jihatin nisa. Al-Muradu bil-Arham al-Aqribau min jihatin nasab wa min jihatin nisa. That in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala is saying and wal-arham and your relatives. So by blood relatives are those, this, uh, are meant those who are directly related to one as well as those who are related through marriage. So in other words, both ends of the family are included in this wal-arham. Allah Ta'ala is saying, fear Allah Ta'ala in whose name you ask your rights from one another and fear Allah Ta'ala regarding your relatives, your blood relatives. And this blood relatives refers to Al-Iqribam in Jihatin Nasab, those who are directly related to you through lineage or through uh, direct family relationship or through your wife, through marriage. Among them are the mother and father-in-law, who are the mother and father of the wife who are termed as the mother-in-law and father-in-law, as well as her brothers and brother-in-law. So this is the meaning of this arham. Therefore, thus the term blood relatives refers not only to one's own, but also to the wife's immediate family. If perchance they happen to be in a crisis, they go hungry, while one fills his stomach, one will surely be questioned about it on the day of Qiyamah. Given the means, one will by serving one's poor in-laws receive the same reward as serving one's own parents. People are well aware of and readily fulfill parents' rights and serve them with respect and honor. Remember, honoring the in-laws is just as meritorious as honoring one's own parents. This is also often, in many instances, an issue that where one is just simple common sense. Many a times there's some problem between spouses. So as a result what happens? Now, due to the lack of akhlaq and then not even 
just adopting good akhlaq but going beyond the bounds in so many ways. What a person does. So now he starts picking on the faults of his in-laws. Your father is like this and your mother is like this. In the light of this ayat of the Quran Sharif and the explanation of this tafsir, it is like a person now saying things of this nature to his own parents. Like if he gets upset about something, so now he starts talking about his own father. My father is like this and my mother is like this, negatively speaking. Would anybody in his right frame of mind ever do such a thing? Many a times, this leads to great amount of problems and difficulties. That If there is a problem with somebody, what is the need to bring somebody's parents in the picture? Whatever the problem might be, and if supposing there is an issue with, somebody has an issue with his in-laws, whatever the case might be, he should treat that situation in the same manner as if he had an issue with his own parents. Unfortunately, these things happen. Sometimes somebody oversteps a mark. These things happen, unfortunately. But how would a person then handle the issue if it was his own parents? Now, again, that question is a little unclear or it's not the, probably the right question to ask, that how would a person handle it? How should he handle it? Because unfortunately, people do handle it in all the wrong ways. Even with their own parents, the manner of handling the issue correctly is unfortunately very rare. Illa mashallah. Otherwise, by and large, we end up overstepping the mark some way or the other. One aspect is what is right and wrong. For example, somebody did something which is wrong. For example, a parent said something which was wrong. So something wrong is wrong. Said something hurtful, said something baseless, which had no real basis for saying it, and made a kind of accusation, for example. It happens, unfortunately, these things are happening everywhere. Because of the lack of akhlaq with which we are growing up, then we becoming parents, and that's how we conducting ourselves, and that's how that is going on. So now, this is an example. So that false accusation, or that maybe some parent even used some vulgarity on the child, it's wrong, 100% wrong. But now in terms of the response, does the parent's wrong give the license to the child to do something wrong also? The ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that we just discussed now, وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفِّوا وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا Don't even say uff to them. That is not only applicable when they are right. That is applicable even when they are wrong. That doesn't mean we will condone the wrong. This is, a man, this is referring to the response, how we will go about responding. It's not that if something wrong was said, then we will go along with the wrong. This is about how do we go about responding to that. In responding to that, we still can't say oof. Because if we say oof, we've crossed the line. We've crossed our line. They had crossed their line already. If we say oof, we've crossed our line. Now each person is going to face Allah Ta'ala, he's going to have to answer for his deeds. And if somebody did one wrong, on the day of Qiyamah, we won't be absolved for the wrong that we did 
because it was in response to somebody else's wrong. That for example, we also said something vulgar. He said, but why you said this? He said, because somebody else said something vulgar, so I also said something vulgar. So, the issue is that we have to be concerned about what our line is. How we are responding. What we are doing. Yes, what is wrong, we won't be part of the wrong. For example, a parent is insisting on the child to do something which is impermissible. For example, to now be attending some mixed gathering. Or there's a wedding, there's some occasion, and it's going to be a mixed gathering. It's all up front understood and known that this is what's going to be taking place. And now the parent insisting, no, you must be there. The person is saying, look, I can't be there. It's not correct. So he says, no, you have to be there. And as a result now, becoming very upset, and maybe even reprimanding and saying things, sometimes saying some very hurtful things. These are common issues, unfortunately. So, the respect of the parents demands that in the face of all this, whatever is being said, he still will not say oof. He cannot say oof. But this doesn't mean that he will attend that function which is impermissible. He won't attend it. He'll respectfully keep himself away. But then if he has to bear the brunt of further reprimand and criticism, he'll quietly take it. Many a times, it's just a matter of how we channel our thinking at that time. Whether it is with parents, whether it is with spouses, whether it is with others, it's all a matter of how a person channels his thinking at that time that can make something very complicated, very easy to handle, can make something very, very painful, very easy to bear, can make something very bitter, very easily digestible. It's a matter of how he focuses his mind at that time. For example, now he is being subjected to all kinds of hurtful comments, etc. Why? Because he declined to be part of some gathering which is not according to chariot, it's all mixed, there's going to be some music there, whatever else. So he can't be there, obviously. So now he's being subjected to this. So now when he's being subjected to this, at that time he's directing and focusing his mind. All I am having to do is listen to some words. Rasulullah was pelted with stones for haq, to the extent that his body began bleeding profusely. His shoes were filled with blood. These are words coming to me, not even thorns. So, can't I bear this for the sake of Allah Ta'ala? Now, one is to now directly focus on the words that are coming, and the statements that are being made, and the comments that are being hurled at one. And now start thinking, but why was this said to me, and why was that said to me, but I didn't do anything wrong. Indeed, you didn't do anything wrong, but why are you focusing on that? If you focus your mind correctly, that why am I being subjected to this? Because I am trying to please Allah Ta'ala. My very feeble way, I am nowhere close to the reality, but I am trying. Allah Ta'ala's command is that this should not be done, so I want to stay away from it. So my very feeble, very weak, broken effort here is to try and please Allah Ta'ala. So because I am trying to please Allah Ta'ala, I am being subjected to this. I am being subjected to this for that reason, then I should just take it in my side. 
I should focus on what the Sahaba went through because of deen, because of proclaiming the truth, what they were subjected to. If I get subjected to something like this, it's very small, it's nothing. When a person will focus his mind correctly, then that bitterness will go out of that. He won't be now choking over those words that somebody else said to him. And in fact, if a person really, truly, deeply from his heart manages to focus correctly in this manner, let alone that pain, he'll start getting a kind of pleasure in it. What kind of pleasure? How can there be pleasure in this? Somebody is hurling all kinds of abusive comments at him. That he will start finding some pleasure in not that he is hearing something abusive. Because again his mind will be somewhere else. That who am I and what am I? I haven't even managed to emulate Rasulullah even to one fraction. But this is a rare ikhtiyari emulation I'm being allowed to undertake. This is something involuntary. That somebody is subjecting me to abuse because I'm trying to please Allah Ta'ala. This is a very, very minute emulation of what happened to Rasulullah So how great this gift of Allah Ta'ala is on me, that Allah Ta'ala is enabling me to bear this. Now, when a person will truly focus on this very deeply, forgets that pain, he'll start actually feeling the pleasure, not on what he heard, but on this, that Allah Ta'ala put him in that situation, not that he should ask for situations like this. He should never deliberately ask for a situation that will put him into some kind of difficulty. But when it comes, and he truly focuses in this way, then there will be a different feeling. Then he will be able to digest it very easily. Allah Ta'ala give us the topic, it's already past time, inshallah we'll continue.